Hello and welcome to the Perlu Podcast, Influencer Marketing Reimagined, a podcast where we chat with influencer marketing professionals, social media influencers, bloggers, YouTubers, podcasters, you name it, about what has led to their success. In this episode, we're going to hear from Pete Maldonado of Chomps. He's the CEO and co-founder. And we'll also be hearing from Jody Lyons, the Director of Marketing Partnerships at Chomps. Pete started the Chomps business from his apartment in 2012. And today, the Better For You meat snack brand is one of the fastest growing in the country, available online and at retailers nationally. Chomps has raised the bar for taste, quality standards, and consumer loyalty in meat snacks a $2.5 billion category that enjoys strong sales growth and has evolved significantly since the days of iconic brands like Slim Jim. Since the beginning, the brand's dedication to clean sourcing and the highest quality meat and poultry available has helped raise industry-wide standards for meat snacks. And seven years after starting the company as a direct-to-consumer e-commerce brand, consumers today can find chomps in leading natural food stores, mainstream groceries, and convenience stores across the country. Chomps is redefining a food category, the art of good snacking, and supporting the movement toward healthier food options with strategic partners like Whole30 and O2. Jody Lyons leads marketing partnerships at Chomps, where she manages influencer activations, affiliate programming, and strategic brand partnerships. Prior to joining Chomps, Jody worked at Edelman on the influencer marketing team, where she executed influencer initiatives for a variety of CPG clients. I'm your host, Alexis Trammell, and if you enjoyed today's episode, we hope you sign up for Perlu to learn more about how you can grow your influencer marketing career. Thank you both so much for joining us today, Jody and Pete. Yeah, so excited to be here. Same here. Thank you for having us. Awesome. Thank you, guys. I know it's a crazy time out there in the world with COVID and everything going on, so I can't tell you how much I appreciate you joining me for a podcast straight from your living room. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourselves and what does your day-to-day currently look like at this time? Yeah, I can start. So my name is Jody. I lead marketing partnerships at Chomps. So including influencer, of course, that takes up a big part of my day-to-day. I also head up our brand partnerships and our affiliate programming. So my days, as I know a lot of people in this space say, they, they really truly do look different every single day, especially right now. I don't think anybody's day looks like it normally does right now, but I'm constantly working with influencers, whether it's through various networks or relationships that we manage directly, but also collaborating with a lot of awesome like-minded brands in the CPG space and putting together really fun partnerships that way. And then heading up affiliate marketing too, which a lot of the times works closely in line with our influencer programming. So I have my hand in a lot of different things, influencer being a really big part of my day-to-day for sure. And I'm Pete and I'm the CEO of Chomps and I oversee anything sales and marketing. We have a COO and it's our co-founder Rashid and he handles anything operations and finance. And so I kind of stay in my lane with sales and marketing. Awesome. The more fun job anyway, right? That's right. (laughs) So how does, uh, how do influencers typically fit into Chomps marketing strategies? Yeah, I can speak to that. So we have um, a pretty built out marketing team at Chomps and we all work really closely together to make sure that all of our marketing initiatives feel really well-rounded, connected, cohesive. So influencer by no means at Chomps lives in its own little tunnel. We 
work to make sure that all of our influencer programming ties directly back to other marketing initiatives that we have going on across the board. So whether that be a, a certain message or program or larger creative idea that our marketing team is leading at a given time, whether it's based on a new product or seasonality. But then we also, as a, a whole team, have more evergreen efforts going on where we're bringing new customers to the brand. We're talking about chomps and building brand awareness. So all of that helps influence the types of programming that I'm building with our influencers. We execute a pretty wide variety of different influencer strategies from our evergreen programming that is really meant to build trust and to bring people to the brand through partners that we work with on a long-term basis. Some of them we've been working with from the early days as chomps. A lot of those partners have been with us, uh, you know, a year plus, and we work with them consistently because they're great at building trust with their audience. But we also, at any given moment, have shorter term programming, like I said earlier, whether it's building into, you know, a new product launch or a seasonal message or a specific reason to believe in chomps that we really want to promote at a given time. We have shorter term influencer partnerships across the gamut to build into some of those larger, shorter term programs that we're running across the board for marketing. We also work with a variety of types of influencers, be it macro influencers, micro influencers, ranging from YouTube to Instagram. We kind of have a lot going on across the board. Awesome. So are there any specific programs right now that you're running you'd like to speak to that are particularly creative or particularly impressive for you? Sure. So I'd actually love to talk a little bit more about our approach to Always On Influencer. So we have a a select few partners that we've been working with on a pretty long-term basis. Pete himself formed a lot of really great relationships with people in the space. I think kind of where people were talking about influencer marketing as a big thing that now a lot of brands do in-house. So much over the past couple years, but it kind of started as, you know, we would see an influential person, someone like Thomas DeLauer, just kind of happened to be talking about chomps. And we let our influencers grow in such an organic way into what our programming is today. So I think we approach our always on partnerships is creative because Not all brands approach it as something as, you know, relationship first and then get into the logistics of planning the the transactional element of putting an actual partnership together. We really pride ourselves on that authenticity and making sure every partner we work with is a true brand fan before we even put a contract in front of them. It's always they either came to us or mentioned us and found Chomps on their own. And then we want to find a natural way to work together. Or if there's someone that we know we really want to try a partnership with, that type of approach is really important to us. And it guides a lot of the decisions we make in terms of our influencer effort. And I know Chomps is a a family-owned company and it started out smaller. And so you always know that you've kind of made it, right? Whenever you get to see your product out in the wild and, you know, somebody that you know is eating chomps and you didn't ask them to, you didn't know that there was any connection there and you get to see it and you're like, wow, okay, we made it. So Pete, you've mentioned before that there are three things that you always want to educate your customers about, and that's nutrition, the environment, and animal welfare. Why are these 
three things so important to educate your consumers on? And then how do you reinforce this messaging when working with influencers? You know, when it comes to our sourcing, uh, specifically when we're bringing in animal proteins, those are the three main pillars and the three main areas of focus that we're looking at. So we obviously want grass-fed, grass-finished beef or venison, and then pasture-raised turkey. And so that means, you know, it's going to be no antibiotics. Actually, a lot, of the, a lot of the turkey we're using is organic. Even though we don't have organic on the label, we're actually using organic turkey. So that's from a nutritional aspect. And then from an environmental aspect, the things that we're looking at, it's all about regenerative agriculture. And so if you're, let's take beef, for instance. So one of the things that we look at is how are the animals being raised? And is there rotational grazing taking place on these cattle ranches? Are you familiar with rotational grazing or regenerative agriculture in any means? I am not. And I don't know that all our listeners are either. Okay, good. So if you could imagine an average cattle ranch, it might be, let's say a thousand acres, right? And so what'll happen is the farmers will actually break up a thousand acres into 10, 100 acre paddocks, they're called. So it's basically just a fenced off area. And what they'll do is they'll set the herd of cattle in one paddock for a certain number of days or a certain time. And then once the, they've eaten enough grass down to a certain level, they'll open the door to the next paddock and then let them go over there. So that's the basic gist of it. But the science behind it all is really what's the amount of time that you allow the animals to, to stay in each paddock and how much time does there need to be in between when they were feeding on that paddock versus when they're able to come back. And uh, so the biggest thing is, you know, you need to be able to find that perfect amount of time to allow the grasslands to regenerate and to grow. And so there is a science behind it. And we follow uh, to the Savory Institute's one of them. Um, so if you were looking to get more education around that topic, that's actually one of the sources that we've always used. And they actually, they provide certifications. So a lot of the producers that we use, will get their certifications through Savory Institute. Some of the things that we're working on right now is making sure that all of our suppliers actually have those land to market certification. The last piece is going to be animal welfare. So I don't know of another meat snacks company that's using uh, certified humane beef, but we are. And that was a big one for us and a great certification that the audit was pretty intense, but we were able to, to get all of our beef certified humane, which is amazing to have. That is awesome. So cool. So back to the rotating feeding, does that affect the taste of the meat and the health of the animal? Is that why that's the case? Well, there's a couple things. So for one is you always want to keep your animals healthy and happy. And so a healthy animal is going to be a happy animal, right? And if you're allowing these animals to graze like they would in the wild, then they're going to be extra happy, right? So rather than being stuck in a feedlot with a bunch of other animals eating out of these bins of food pinned up against a bunch of other animals, you end up getting sick. That's when you end up having to, uh, you know, use a bunch of antibiotics and pump these animals up to keep them healthy. So what we're looking for is to keep the animals healthy. And there's a reason for that, actually, which is if you've ever been, I wouldn't really um, recommend it if you if you don't have to, but it's the business we're in. So we want to be able to see this. Uh, when we go into a processing facility, and you actually look at the animal's carcasses, you can tell very clearly when there was an animal that was actually stressed, versus an animal that was happy. And so an animal that was stressed, will actually the meat will have a different color. And so it actually has this weird purplish color because it was an excessive amount of lactic acid buildup in their muscles. And that'll happen when the animals get overly stressed. Part of the certified humane certification is making sure that the animals aren't overly stressed in any part of the process. So that's from day one of their lives through if they're being transported from one farm to another. Some actually farms might be a breeder where they start the animals very young. And then they might go over to another farm where they actually live most of their lives. 
and then there's finishers. And so the finishers are actually the where they spend the last few months of their lives, and it's it basically just eating a lot, <laughs> a lot of very good, healthy grass. Yeah, so every step of the way, it's all about making sure that these animals are staying happy and, and treated humanely. And so could you tell me how you guys go about reinforcing that messaging when you're working with influencers? Sure, I can speak to that. So all of these things are are reasons that we believe in the brand ourselves, but all of these types of messages are never going to be listened to or be exciting to hear from someone who doesn't believe in our brand already. So kind of like I was saying earlier, something that is so important to us, especially when we're talking about a lot of these educational components, is that we're working with influencer partners who truly believe in our mission, who truly believe in our brand. They're a true brand fan and they align with our mission and they have an audience already that's interested in the types of practices that we do our due diligence to here at Chomps. And that's because nobody wants to look at influencer content that is clearly taking bullet points out of a brief, copy pasting it into a caption. It just doesn't feel authentic. So we are selecting our influencer partners when we're bringing on a new relationship. It's making sure that they've had a chance to try the brand, that they truly believe in it, that they themselves are educated on our practices, um, whether it be all of these points on sustainability, on humanity, um, animal treatment, or just what ingredients are in our products. Because if the influencer believes in that, they're educated on it, it's going to come across so much more authentically and genuinely in their content. So something else that's really important to us, one, having the influencer believe in the brand, but two, working with them on an individual basis to choose the messaging points that are going to feel natural to them or is going to make sense on their feed or things that their audience is interested in. Instead of creating one campaign where everybody has to hit on this one specific message, the content is so much more exciting for everybody to engage with if it's been done in a true collaboration with the influencer partner where they know that they're talking about things they believe in, that they think their audience is going to be really excited about. And that makes that also ensures that all the content that we put out there with our partners all feels a little bit different versus the feed being filled up with the same message over and over and over again. And there is some of that because we want to reinforce all these exciting things that we're doing here at Chomps. But by being able to individualize and customize that message based on what's important to that influencer partner, it makes for so much more exciting and and believable, interesting content. And is it likely that a lot of these influencers already know a lot of the facts that Pete just mentioned, and they're already writing about a lot of that anyway? And so there's very little education that has to go toward the influencer. Oh, for sure. For sure. So an example I can give is on the nutrition side of things, we partner with a variety of influencers across a variety of different diet tribes. So the Whole30 community, the paleo community, the keto community, the allergen community, and the AIP community, there's so many different types of people who rely on Chomps to fill their various diet needs. So a lot of these influencers that we work with may fall into one of these different diet segments or diet tribes. Their audience already is so interested in the keto diet, for example. They're following influencers who are educating about why they believe in this diet, why it's the right fit for them, what it's doing for their bodies. So that means when we ask them if they would like to partner with our brand and and find a way that we can organically kind of bring a partnership together, 
we already know their audience either knows or believes in some of the, the nutritional benefits of our product. And they're recommending a product that's already going to fit into their audience's lifestyle. So sometimes there's less of that education component where this is brand new information that their audience is getting. Their audience might already know this. And that means when we bring our product in front of them, we can say this hits on all of these items that you already believe in. And it's why we believe this would be a great thing to put in your pantry. Thank you both. On that note, I'd like to take a quick break to tell our listeners a little bit more about Perlu, the key to successful influencer marketing campaigns at scale. Perlu is not a directory. It's a buzzing community of active influencers, brands, and agencies looking to connect, collaborate, and grow their influencer marketing careers. You can sign up and try the platform for free today. No commitments and no obligations. Here's Pat Daniel, co-founder of Perlu, to tell you a little bit more. Influencer marketing is broken. Influencers have no place to call home and are quickly lost in messy Facebook groups when trying to work together. And to be found by brands, they join every influencer directory they can find, along with millions of other influencers, only to wait endlessly for cookie cutter collaborations. And brands? Well, they're faced with a landscape overpopulated with influencers and underpopulated with successes. They're forced to take their chances on partners based on little more than usernames and follower counts hoping the influencers aren't fake and their campaigns aren't a waste of time. This is Perlu, committed to helping everyone in influencer marketing succeed. It isn't a database, it's a community of active and thriving Instagrammers, bloggers, YouTubers, podcasters, you name it, using Perlu tools to work together, grow audiences, and produce great content. As Perlu members work together, they're organizing communities, weeding out the idle and fake influencers and establishing themselves as professionals which makes deciphering who's who in the influencer world easy. Whether you're a brand or an influencer, we make it easy to find great partners, get expert advice, and create brilliant campaigns for groundbreaking impact. Perlu, influencer marketing reimagined. Awesome, guys. Love hearing about how Chomps is not only good for you, but it's good for the environment, good for animal welfare. Let's kind of switch gears here. Could you tell us what kinds of changes are you guys seeing in sales during the COVID-19 pandemic right now? I know a lot of companies right now are struggling and I know that, you know, keeping small businesses afloat and, you know, consumers should be spending money with the small businesses and helping them through these trying times. So could you just tell us what kinds of changes you guys are seeing? Yeah, I can speak to that. So when things I think were first announced that there was going to be this shelter in place set up, I mean, it was a massive surge. Started with e-commerce, so Amazon and our website, and it was just on fire. And then that surge is carried right over into retail as well. I think, you know, overall, the demand is still there. That surge has probably pulled back a, a decent amount. I think people maybe stocked up pretty early on and then uh, and then pulled back. But I mean, you know, our, our business has been growing pretty steady year over year. Uh, so it's tough for us to tell, you know, what's kind of hanging around from that surge, that surge buying. And is it is there people that are, you know, just staying home and they're still trying to stock up on our products? Or is this just the, the normal growth curve that we were already on? So not quite sure yet. Time will tell. But yeah, we're seeing it's, it's steady. And it's been for over, you know, I guess over a month straight that our numbers have been up uh, across the board. So very fortunate to have that when a bunch of other industries are being completely shattered right now. So you attribute that a lot to consumer approach that you guys take? 
we're best in class when it comes to the direct consumer side of things, especially in the meat snacks category. I don't know of another brand that really competes with us. Yeah. So being able to really just, just shift our focus and put some of the marketing dollars that maybe we would have put towards growing the business in retail and putting that right into marketing and uh, in digital and e-commerce. And that's an easy shift for us to do. And our team is so small and nimble. We're a scrappy little bunch. And so we've always kind of been doing a lot with a little and we're always we're always able to kind of roll with the punches pretty easily on this thing and not and not really skip a beat. So we've always had like a, a work from home Friday anyway. So I think we didn't know it, but I guess we were gearing up for this. What we did see though is in retail, some of the other, you know, some third parties that you rely on in order to get the, in order to get the product on the shelves, that was where the bottleneck was. So a lot of distributors, they were having issues. Well, first off, their trucks were packed with the essentials. So, I mean, if they're trying to keep up with the demand for toilet paper, milk, bread, and all the other essentials that people would be normally going to a grocery store for, there's not a lot of room for snack products like chomps. We're just not going to make make it to the top of that list. So that's really what happened. And um, it, we, we got kind of cut off for a little bit. So the product, if it sold out of at a store, then it, it would took weeks before it made it back on the shelves. So that was a little bit of a, a downtick, I think, in sales for us. But overall, you know, the demand's there. People are still looking for better for you, shelf-stable products like ours. Again, we've been fortunate to have no real decline in business. And so how have you been engaging with influencers differently during this pandemic? It's been incredibly important to us as a brand that we're working with influencers on a case-by-case basis to ensure that the content that we're working with our partners on is self-aware without leaning into fear or being self-serving for our brand. So we've taken a really individualized case-by-case approach to work even more closely than we already do with our partners. We, we never want to force our messaging at a time where it feels like people don't want to hear a branded sponsored message. So we're lucky in the sense of with influencer marketing, a lot of people are spending time on social media, myself included. And influencer has been a place that we've, we've heard from our own consumers. People are looking to influencers to get inspiration, to get ideas on what types of food they can even get their hands on because not every brand has the option to buy it directly online when a grocery store might not have the items they need for their particular diet and stock. So it's definitely been case by case. It's, it's working with partners when they feel comfortable and it's customizing that message, not just to lean into our own, you know, bullet points in terms of messaging, but to work with that creator to give their audience what they're after versus us asking the content creator to create what we are looking for. That's awesome. And I think you really hit on a great point there that, you know, maybe what they're looking for in stores is not available to them. Another great point that you hit on is that, you know, everyone is online right now. Everyone is desperate to connect with people. And so it really sounds like influencer marketing is the best approach for brands to be taking right now, considering, you know, that that's where people are and that's what they want is that human connection at this moment. I believe so. I think something that us as a team at Chomps talked about at the very beginning about a month ago when all of this started becoming very real is the last thing we want to do is be logo talking to a sea of people with so much noise on social media. I think people are craving humanity now more than ever. Partnering with an influencer who's a face who can speak to that has been incredibly impactful, I think, on a human level. Also, a way for us to kind of get out 
from behind the logo and, and put a face to our brand through our partnerships, building that trust between their own audience and among our brand. So a couple of other things that we've done that we haven't done before influencers on Instagram live. I think people are craving that real-time connection when they can't get it, when they're spending so much time inside. So we've leveraged a couple of our longstanding relationships to think about how can we put out more live content so people feel like they can talk about the things that matter most to them. There are plenty of people out there looking to, you know, uphold their keto diet or participate in the Whole30 that's going on. We, we thought a great deal and talked as a team a great deal about how, how do we go about putting our messaging out there? We don't just want to seem like a brand who's just trying to sell in a midst of crisis. But what we heard from a lot of our audience and from our influencer partners is that people are still looking for these options, for these lifestyles that they uphold. And if we are not out there providing that option and talking about how you can get it delivered straight to your door, if your local grocery store is out of stock, that that's an option for you and that you can still stick to your values lifestyle by finding options like ours. Absolutely. I know that, you know, at-home workout programs right now are booming. And I know that, you know, just me sitting at my house right now, social distancing, I'm eating a lot more than usual. So, you know, sticking to the diet is very important at this moment. So if I'm eating a lot, at least I'll be eating the right things. For sure. And there are so many people who are self-aware in the sense that I am snacking more right now. So I want to be able to grab snacks that I can feel really good about. So as I said earlier, that type of messaging, it comes from that natural conversation, that close partnership that we're having with the influencers we work with. And a lot of the times we let the influencer bring that to us. If they're saying, you know, my audience knows they're snacking a lot, but they, they want to find cleaner snacks, then we collaborate with that influencer to put the right message out there versus it being an angle that we want to push ourselves. But naturally, that's what we're hearing from a lot of our partners is people still want to find snacks that they can feel really good about, even in the midst of everything going on right one other thing we were doing now is uh, using influencers to promote some of our fundraising opportunities that we've got going on. So one of the things that we're doing, it's a campaign we've teamed up with called O2. It's a uh, recovery drink. And they're really big within the CrossFit space as well. And uh, we got our start really in that CrossFit space originally. One of the things that we're doing is form this community coalition. And they're partnering with various brands like ourselves. And what we're doing is uh, offering the gyms a way to go and offer our products to the gym members. And then we're doing a profit sharing model with the actual gym. So it's a risk-free way for the gym to generate some revenue in a time where the gyms are shut down. I mean, they're struggling. So it's a way for the members to, to kind of buy the products they'd probably be buying anyway, but they're able to support the gym at the same time. We actually just kicked this thing off this past week. And then we're leveraging influencers. So Carrie Pierce is a big CrossFit athlete. I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but she's like the fittest American woman. And so she's amazing. She has a huge following and uh, she'll be promoting this as well. So, you know, and, and we're giving back. It's a 50-50 it's a profit sharing split. So that's a big chunk of change for small brands like ours to be giving back to the gyms. But again, we're so fortunate right now. We know it that, you know, during a time like this, uh, industries like gyms that are just beyond struggling. I mean, they're just at the end of the rope, you know, so we're, uh, we're ready to, to step in and help them out as much as we can. That's amazing. That's wonderful of you all. So what advice do you have for other family owned businesses during a time like this? I think it's that human element and being able to kind of speak to your audience and put yourselves in their shoes. 
if you're not able to be empathetic and all you're worrying about is building your brand and you can't even put yourself in, in other people's shoes, I mean, you're going to struggle with it. And it annoys me when I see brands do that. So I'm not going to I'm not going to run our business like that, you know? So that's the way we've always kind of done things. And if you have to have some level of empathy there. And, and then the other thing is, you know, being able to kind of take care of, at a time like this, being able to take care of your own employees, I think that's critical too. Definitely, definitely. Well, thank you both so much for joining me today. Thank you so much to everyone listening. We hope you really enjoyed hearing from Pete Maldonado and Jody Lyons at Chomps. If you like our show and are interested in what it takes to succeed in influencer marketing, we hope you subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you give us a five-star rating, we'll give you a virtual high five. You can also check out our blog at blog.perlu.com for more podcasts and blog posts. If you haven't yet, don't forget to sign up for Perlu at perlu.com to meet, mingle, connect, collaborate, and grow your career. We hope you join us for our next installation of Perlu's Influencer Marketing Podcast, Influencer Marketing Reimagined.